get your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 11. Today we're going to talk about Abram's decision. The last several weeks we've been taking these individuals and talking about specific things about them. Simeon's blessing, remember Simeon's blessing, Achan's disaster, and today Abram's decision. Genesis 11 verse 31 It says that Terah decided to move from Ur to the land of Canaan. He took along Abram and and Sarah, or Sariah at that time. Her name hadn't been changed yet. And his grandson Lot, the son of Haran. Haran is one of Terah's sons. It's Abram's brother. But when they came to the city of Haran, they decided to settle there instead. Now, that's as far as I want to go for a minute. I want to explain to you what's going on in this passage of Scripture. Terah is the father of three sons. Abram is one of those sons. And two other brothers who it looks like were born before him. And they lived in a place called the Ur, Ur of the Chaldees. And when one of those sons passed away, Terah decided to take the rest of his family and move to Canaan. But when they had gotten as far as a place called Haran, he decided to stop there. Some commentators think maybe it was because of his health that he wasn't well enough to go on. Others think that they just stayed there. In in any case, it appears that whether his health was good or bad at the time they got there, it got worse while they were there because he died there. And he never left there. Now, Canaan was a better place because Canaan was a land of promise and, and a land of bounty and blessing. But for whatever reason, Haran was good enough. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Deb was reading a a, a devotion, and we kind of have a little habit going where at night she reads me a bedtime story, and then I pray the prayer. Sometimes when I'm really tired, I make her do both, but not most of the time. That's kind of how we do it. She reads... The devotional, we read the devotional together, and then I, then we pray together before we go to sleep. And she was reading this particular passage of scripture, and when she got finished with it, I stopped and I said, "You know what? I want to think about that for a little while. There's a real message in that. How many of us as believers start out for a place?" but we settle somewhere short of getting there. Have you ever done that? That God gave you a word or he gave you a task or maybe he even made you a promise, but before you got there, you settled because it was just easier to do so. A lot of us do it. There may be better, but here is good enough. Huh? Andrew Womack tells a story of one particular time he was, he was praying for people in an altar. 
And he said he walked up to this one guy and he asked him what he was praying, what they were praying for. And the man said, uh, I have terrible pain in my neck, can't sleep as a result. I have a back problem. My sciatic nerve causes pain down my entire leg and into my foot. I also have neuropathy. And he went on and on and on and on. And finally, Andrew stopped him and the guy said, but if God could just heal the pain in my neck, I could live with the rest. And Andrew said, well, I understand. If we ask God to heal all of those things at once, the lights in heaven might go dim. I'm not sure God could pull that off. And he said, the guy looked at him for a minute. And he said, that was pretty stupid, wasn't it, Pastor? And Andrew agreed with him and he said, yeah, it was pretty stupid. Don't settle for less than the best. If you want healing, then pray for healing. Not just, well, if we could get this one thing fixed, I could live with the rest. A lot of people are just living with the rest. And I'm not just talking about healing physically. I'm talking about a lot of areas of our lives. This is what Tara did in the story. He has an opportunity for a fresh start. He has an opportunity to take his family to a new place. It's a blessed place, but instead he decides to settle for Haran. And here's the thing you need to understand about the word Haran. The word means parched. He settled in parched when he could have settled in blessed, promised. Canaan was what? The promised land. He settled for parched when he could have had blessed. How many of us do that? But the story doesn't end here. Now, for Terah, unfortunately it does because he dies in parched. But after he passes away, Abram rounds up what is left of the family and says, let's continue with the journey that we started a long time ago with dad. So I take you to chapter 11, verse 32. The days of Terah were 205 years, and then he died in Haran. Now on to 12.1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you. And those who dishonor you, I'll curse. And all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and everything they had gathered, and all the people that they had acquired in Haran, and all of them together, they set out for the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, now stop right there, because that satisfies the point that we're trying to reach. I want you to notice the following differences between dad and son, between Terah and Abram. Terah started out for Canaan and settled in Haran. Abram started out for Canaan and kept going till he got to Canaan. And that resulted in some very profound things that are worthy of noting today. The difference between father and son 
because of Abram's obedience, faith, perseverance, spite of a lot of obstacles, because if you follow the life of Abram from there, you see, man, I mean, it wasn't easy for Abram. It wasn't easy for Abram the rest of his life getting from Haran to Canaan and everything that happened because you're like, well, then this is the same guy that, that, you know, that took his son up on the mount. I mean, aren't we talking about the, we're talking about the very same guy, but stay with me for a few minutes. Because we're talking right now about the differences between the decision he, he made and his dad made, where his dad said, let's settle for here, it's good enough. And we don't read a whole lot of what all negative happened there, but we just know that he died and parched. But we do know that some things happened for Abram that look pretty rough. But what about the good? As a result of the obedience of God, look what happens in the life of Abram. The scripture tells us, number one, that he got a name change. He went from being Abram to being Abraham. Abram, who was high father, now become Abraham, the father of multitudes. Got his name changed. Secondly, he got a change of purpose. If you study this, you, you, you begin to see something here that up until, this, up until the time that God revealed himself to Abram, Abram was a part of, of, a, of people who weren't serving our God. They were serving gods of the lands. Terah and the family had been a part of, of nations, when you study that, where they lived, of peoples that that were, were idol worshipers. But God began to speak to Abram and reveal himself to Abram because God wanted to choose him. God wanted to do something specific through his life. God wanted to covenant with him. And as a result, all the families of the earth being blessed, right? And so God began to reveal himself to Abram. Abram becomes Abraham. And he receives a change of purpose. And God reveals himself to Abram and promises him a life of great and divine purpose. Here's what you're going to do. And thirdly, disobedience resulted in a change of destiny. And I want you to think about that for a minute because Abraham's destiny before the call of God would have been so normal and so uneventful that we would have never heard of him. You say, really, pastor? Yes. Why do we know about Abram? Because he became Abraham. Because God made a covenant with him, right? If Abram had made the same decision as his dad and the rest of his people and never came out from among them and never became a worshiper of the only one true God and never been uh, obedient to the call of God for his life, then his life would have been so normal, there would have been no reason to put him in the book. The only reason we know about Terah is not because of Terah. We know about Terah because of Abraham. The reason we know about Terah is because God wants us to understand the covenant that he made with Abraham. So Terah is in the book, so we have the, just the chronology and the, and, and the lineage of how he got there. Abraham's in the book because of the commitment that he made to God and what God committed back to him and how that pertained to us. Otherwise, his destiny would have been same as his dad's. Like everybody else who lived back then, who made the same decisions, who we'd never read about because they didn't do anything worthy of putting in the book. Still with me? 
his destiny was changed as a result of his obedience to move on. James 2.22, New Testament. Long time after these events happened, James begins to reminisce about that historical truth. And he said, verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called what? The friend of God. Abraham's family that didn't know God, all of a sudden Abram gets called out, accepts a relationship with God of one with such intimacy that finally God says, man, I can trust you. I can trust you so much that I'm, I've been looking for somebody that I could covenant with. You're going to be the one. And from here on, we're not just going to be acquaintances. Now on, you're my friend. Wow. Abram came, from a, came a long way, didn't he? And then look what God said to him when he called him to leave the place where they'd all just settled in Haran. Look at chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. God said to Abram, leave here. Go where I tell you to go. All right? And look what will happen. He says, if you will leave Haran and go where I tell you, I'll do these four things. Number one, I will bless you. I want to live under the blessings of the Lord. Number two, I'll make you a blessing to others. Number three, I'll bless everybody who blesses you. Number four, I will cause you to be the reason why all the families of the earth will be blessed. Oh, my lands. You say, wow, that's a big deal for him. It's a big deal for you. God covenant with him is the same with you. If you will do what God says and go where he says and obey him and be who he tells you to be, do what he tells you to do, then God says to you, I will bless you. And I'll make you a blessing to others. And I'll bless everybody who blesses you. And because of you, I'll make all families in the earth blessed. Somehow there's a triple effect. Your life matters. Your decisions count. People you will never know who may live hundreds of years from now may be in heaven because of your obedience in your lifetime today. You ever thought about it? I'm insignificant, Pastor. It doesn't matter what I do. Nobody's ever, nobody knows me. Nobody's ever, I'm telling you, there's, it's very possible people are going to come up to you in heaven that you never met on this earth. They may have lived... Like I said, years and years after you were here and say, wow, because of the decisions you made, because of your obedience to God, it affected this person who married this one, who decided to follow after your example, who had children and raised them for the Lord, who grew up to do this. Huh? All because he just would not accept settling in the wrong place. Now, in order for these promises to come to pass, Abraham experienced a lot of hardships, didn't he? A lot of trials, a lot of struggles, a lot of heartaches. But here's, my, here's, here's where I'm going with that. Listen to this. Abraham did struggle and suffer a lot after he made this decision. 
But here's my mentality. He would have anyway. Because whether you choose to follow after Jesus or follow after the devil, life's going to happen to you one way or another. You can't outrun it. You cannot get away from it. You cannot escape suffering and hardship and tragedy and heartache. You cannot. Nobody's ever lived on this planet and escaped those things. So why not do it with God on your side? With him as your friend. Why not do it being blessed as opposed to not being blessed? If it's going to rain on the just and the unjust, then why not walk with the Lord and an umbrella? As opposed to just walking on your own. You can't hide from life and you can't hide from the devil. Why not have a blessed, adventurous, exciting, spirit-led life with God blessing you and everybody around you? Stop settling. Stop settling for less than Canaan. Let me illustrate it this way. Three guys out on the lake in a boat fishing. All of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking on the water. You can imagine. The shock, the excitement. Jesus walks up, steps into the boat, visits with them for a while. Man, they're having this amazing discussion. And finally, one of the fellows says to Jesus, Jesus, I hate to, you know, put you out, but man, I got you right here. I have terrible pain in my body from shrapnel that I received as a result of the Vietnam War. Would you take away my pain? Jesus says, sure, son. And he reaches over and touches the guy, and the guy is miraculously healed. It's amazing. He's shouting in the boat. Second guy's fixing his glasses, look like Coke bottles. Watching all this, and he says, well, Lord, I got terrible eyesight. I got to wear these big old thick glasses. I can't see anything. Hard for me to drive, hard for me to work. Could you touch me? And Jesus grabs his glasses and he throws them out. And when they hit the water, the man immediately receives his sight. Man, everybody's shouting. Jesus turns to the third man. He goes to reach for him. And the third man throws up his hand. He says, don't touch me, Jesus. I'm on long-term disability. (laughs) How many people are settling because it's easier than pursuing what God had for him. I've gotten used to this limp. I'd rather have it than what I might have otherwise. I've gotten used to this life. I've gotten used to this situation. And yet you have that feeling down deep in your spirit. Every once in a while you're like, you know, I love the Lord and everything is good, but I just feel like something's missing. 
I know I'm going to heaven. I know my heart is right with the Lord. I love Jesus. I just, I just feel like something's missing. And the Holy Spirit's tapping on your brain saying, yeah, remember back when God told you to, and you started out, and then you got to thinking it was a whole lot easier to stop pushing because you know when you're pursuing the call of God, when you're pursuing the will of God, when you're pursuing all of these things about God, that's when who shows up? The devil, right? And he shows up and he begins to try to distract you with health or with money or with family or whatever he can do to hurt you, whatever he can do to keep you distracted, whatever he can do to keep you off the focus. And right there you have a decision to make. You're like, well, we're just going to have to put down roots right here at Haran for a little while. It's a parched place, but if we keep pushing, it might get worse. Instead of saying, no, God promised us Canaan. I'm not settling here. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how much money it costs. I don't care what we lose. I don't care what. I don't care. I'm not staying in parched. I'm going to blessed. I'm not settling for this. I'm not believing this lie. I don't want this. This other is what I choose. The same guy I was telling you about a while ago, he made a couple of statements. After he was given that testimony and afterward he made these statements. He said, as long as you can live with less than God's best, you will. He went on to say, you have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired before you will aggressively pursue God's best. It's true, isn't it? I'm here to encourage you today to say, do not get excited about Canaan and then quit before you get there. Don't stop journeying. This is your journey. With the good and the bad that is a part of it, it is your journey. I can't take it for you. How many times in our family over the last several years have we backed up and made those statements about this is our journey. It's not someone else's. It's our journey. We we can either stick our head in the sand and quit and cry and throw our hands up or we can embrace this and say this is our journey for whatever reason. This is leading us somewhere and we're definitely not going to stop right here. We're going to roll on through to the promised land. Don't give up on the journey. Don't keep fighting to stay in this comfort zone. In order to get to the promised land, you're going to have to push on through to the finish. And so I'm going to leave you where we started. Genesis 11:31. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sariah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham, or Abram's wife. And they went together from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And I say to us, no more settling. Let that not be said of us. That they say, Brad Klein started to go to here, but he got about halfway and it got hard. 
And he thought, you know what? It's not so bad. I think I'll just stay here for a while. Maybe till the devil lets up. Oh, he probably will let up. If once he gets you to settle for parched, he would let up. Let you stay parched as long as you want to stay parched. Anybody wants to stay parched and dry, he'll let you stay there as long as you want. You know what you can do at parched? You can live comfortably in parched. You can settle into your job. Forget about the call on your life. I didn't say, I'm not calling you to preach. I'm saying that everybody has a ministry. God's given everybody a ministry. They're supposed to be doing And there's some people be like, you know what? I'm going to settle in right here. I'm going to make money. Raise these kids. Maybe one of these days I'll pick back up with that thing that God told me to do. Well, I hope you don't stay parched so long that you get happy with being parched and forget that you could have been blessed. We won't settle for anything less than what God has promised us. What's that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Does it mean something different to everybody? For some, you're like the person in the story who needs physical healing. And you said, well, I guess I'm just going to keep these migraines. I finally found a medicine that kind of takes off the edge. This must be the answer to my prayer. Just I'll quit asking God to heal me. I just pray that I don't run out of the medicine. That's settling. Don't really like this job. It makes me do some things that are kind of dishonest, but does pay the bills it's not what God asked, told me to do it's not what he put in my heart it's not what he prepared me to do but I think I'm going to hang on to it because it's safe that's settling don't want to get, I don't want to get the devil all riled up because every time I get his attention he makes it what? hell on us right? so I'm just going to Try to scoot through life and under the radar, fly under the radar. Gonna get to heaven? If you love Jesus, yeah, you're gonna get to heaven. But someday God's gonna say, Man, you shouldn't have settled. You know what I had for you? Let me show you what I had for you. Let me show you what you could have been, what you were supposed to do. Let me show you how it would have affected your world. Yeah, you're still here. I still love you. Welcome home. But let me show you what somebody else is going to have to do now. How many of you join me for prayer this morning to examine your heart and to say, God, have I settled? Am I settling? Is the current status of my life one that looks like a settler? And if so, speak to me. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? How can I get from Haran to Canaan? How can I get started again? Because I don't want to settle here any longer. They lead us in this song. I want you to come find yourself a place around these altars, around, around the church. You know how this works. Let's not settle anymore, church. Let's not settle for anything less than God's best. Let's not settle for anything less than what God called us to. Come on, let's pray.